Welcome to Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And on this episode, we'll be drinking some beer that I have no idea what we're drinking. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. You notice ever since we've got the upstairs bar area mm-hmm. now, uh, we've increased our apartment, by the way. I don't know if we've mentioned that. I think we're so. We're be building a bar upstairs. Um, we got a, a fridge upstairs where we put these beers for the episodes. And so... I get to hide them. She so it's hides like a- them kind of on me, so I don't get to see what we're going to do beforehand. Whereas usually Surprise. it used to just kind of be like on the floor waiting to go in the fridge mm-hmm. or in the fridge where I would obviously see grabbing it. stuff for dinner. I'd yeah. see it. Uh, so it's very interesting now. Everything's everything's a surprise unless I go upstairs and I accidentally see it behind yeah. something. Well, I think this one is going to be a nice surprise for you. Ooh, Jalapenito was a nice surprise. That's also true. All right, yes. what do we got? So this week we are cracking open Ten Penny Ale. <gasps> yes! <laughs> a Scottish red ale from East Hartford Brewing with an interesting origin story. So this is straight from East Hartford Brewing's website, which actually had a pretty thorough history. Quote, when the McClellan clan opened Burnside Ice Co. back in 1911, they had no way of knowing that it would evolve into one of the pioneer breweries in New England. In their early days, they produced and distributed the cleanest ice around, using water directly sourced from a pond on Goodwin Street. When the original facility burnt down in 1930, Burnside Ice Co. rose from the ashes and created the beautiful brick building on Tom Street that we know today. In the 1960s, they needed a solution to cool off their new ice machinery, so they drilled a deep well and used water straight from the source. It wasn't until 30 years later that they realized this water source was a secret gold mine. In the early 90s, they installed a water system that included three self-serve spigots in front of the building for people to enjoy at a very low cost. This led them to develop friendships with some local brewers who informed them that the unique elements of the well water were perfect for brewing beer. It was in this moment that the light bulb went off for the McClellans. And as they say, the rest is history. Old Burnside Brewing Company officially opened in November of 2000. They brewed delightful beers deeply rooted in their Scottish heritage. Tenpenny Ale became a staple for liquor stores and bars across Connecticut and eventually spread throughout most of New England as the craft beer world began to flourish. To many, Tenpenny was their first craft beer, welcoming them into an exciting community that we have grown to love. So when Old Burnside closed its doors a few years ago, we knew we couldn't let Tenpenny be forgotten. Fast forward to November 2020, and Tenpenny Ale is reborn as East Hartford Brewing. Still located at 776 Tolland Street, we look forward to welcoming back old friends and meeting new faces. We're excited to grow off the rich history and roots of our predecessors. And as we expand, we will continue to pay our respects to the old Burnside, be it through reviving old favorites or paying tribute through design. We welcome you to the brewery and join us for good times and even better beers. End quote. Uh, So according to an article from Hartford Business Journal from last year, Old Burnside had operated as a distribution-only brewery. And East Hartford currently brews and distributes its own beer. At the time of this article in 2021, they were just working on offering outdoor on-premises service with the hope of opening an indoor tap room. And by the looks of their social media, it looks like they have accomplished both at the present time. Nice. Mm -hmm. So according to the brewery, quote, East Hartford Brewing was built on the solid foundation and history of the old Burnside Brewery, but we're looking to create a new and exciting brewery experience in the eastern corner of the state. 
While the past couple years have taught us that the world is unpredictable, one thing has remained the same. Craft breweries are here to stay, and we invite you to find comfort in that, and the quality of our brews as a constant in a time of change. East Hartford didn't just revive ten, the original Ten Penny Ale. Um, they also brought back Old Burnside's Dirty Penny Ale, Pennywise, W-E-I-Z, Vice. I don't think I had that one. Um, as well as their Father Christmas Highland Ale. Oh, yes. That's, <laughs> that's a really good one. Um, but So they did put their own spin on a few of their own brews, like Pale Penny Ale, West Coast Penny, Juicy Penny IPA, and Local Penny Lager. And they also do some seasonal variations like Nilla Penny, which is infused with vanilla bean, mm. and Dirty Pumpkin, which is Dirty Penny Ale with pumpkin spices. They also have Ten Penny Reserve, a, quote, rich and hearty scotch ale that will keep you warm all winter long, end Ooh. quote, at 9.1% ABV. And yeah, I thought that sounded right up your alley. 9.1% <laughs> though, oof. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure Father Christmas is right up there too. Uh, I don't remember exactly how strong it was, only that it was delicious. Yeah. And the tap handle was awesome. <laughs> Um, so East Hartford Brewing says, quote, the recipe is unchanged, but our new tenpenny label brings a more modern look while paying tribute to the original. The white label is clean and fresh and signifies new beginnings. And the watercolor thistle is an ode to its predecessor. Even with a new look, tenpenny is and ever will be the beer drinker's ale. Now, unfortunately, the recipe is still secret. Um, but I did find a description from an article in the Journal Inquirer that was actually published in 2010 when Old Burnside was still in operation. It says, quote, hold a glass of this ale to the light and you'll notice a subtle cream colored head cap off a nearly opaque amber pint. The smell is sweet, much like sugar as it is cooked into caramel. The taste is sweet, too, but balanced with smoky earthiness for a slightly bitter, albeit pleasant aftertaste. The feel is fantastic in the mouth with a low level of carbonation and a malty smoothness that settles on the tongue and down the throat, end quote. Settles on the tongue and down the throat. Yeah, that that last mm. part wasn't as appetizing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so also in that article was a fun fact for me to kind of end my notes on. The name Tenpenny Ale comes from Albert McClellan, the first generation owner of Burnside Ice and grandfather to current, um, well, who was the current owner, Bob McClellan, who said, a good beer costs five cents, but a great beer costs 10. Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good quote. Yeah. And that's what I got. I'm excited. I know you are. I was really excited when I saw it on the shelf. I was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So fun backstory before we get to grabbing this beer. Yeah. Tenpenny might be like one of the first craft beers I've ever had because it yep. was served at the movie theater uh, that I'm the manager at um, when the bar was open. Mm -hmm. We had just a bunch of names. It was like, like a dedicated tap, yeah. right? Coors Light, Bud, you know, all that kind of thing. And then the last tap was Old Burnside Tenpenny Ale. And it was the first craft beer I ever had. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. So I'm very excited. Uh, Tenpenny was really cool too, because if you, we didn't have it, but if you bought enough Tenpenny, like some places will get like neon signs and posters oh. if they sell enough. If you sold enough Tenpenny ale or ordered enough Tenpenny ale from the mm -hmm. vendor, you got a broadsword. What? A broadsword, a Tenpenny broadsword. 
dude. It was sick. We never so got did, it. Oh, you didn't. Awesome. Okay. So where did you see it? Or uh, it was just like another local bar that my boss knows the owner of because oh. her sons are friends with him. He Dive. spent enough. No, uh, knuckleheads. Oh. He had enough and he has the 10 penny broadsword. And that's like, that's old school. That's OG from old burn. That's when, old burn side. Yeah. That's the old times. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So that's like really special to have. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and what other brewery will give you a broadsword if you sell enough of their yeah, beer? Like, <laughs> uh, then that's awesome. The Christmas beer, the tap handle is a broadsword as well. So you're pouring oh. from a broadsword because it's like a hardcore, like at least it used to be like a cool badass Santa Claus, mm-hmm. like a broadsword, yeah. like medieval times kind of a guy. That's what the label looks like. Yeah. Oh, still? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's they, what they, they did. Be. Keep the, all of their labels are very similar. Like they, they definitely have like a, a format of it and it's very like clean and crisp. And I think it, they all pay some homage. If, if it's a, a recipe that they recreated from old Burnside, then they keep some I, parts of the art. Yeah. Too. That's cool. All right. Anyway, now that I've said that, I just thought I should get why I was excited out of the way. Yeah. Let's drink this. Let's do it. All right. I'm really excited for this because I really don't remember if I, I'm sure I did have it at some point. I'm pretty sure you did. But I really don't remember it. And it sounds delicious. And I've definitely grown to love ambers and reds. So you're definitely at a more appreciative beer point now than you were back then when you weren't even really a fan of beer. Yeah, for sure. That's right. Spoiler. At some point, at least didn't like beer. I Yeah, it's an acquired taste. Give me a break. (laughs) All right. Ready? Ready. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Kind of creamy, lacy head. Not huge on top of a, yeah, very opaque amber. That's right. <laughs> this is exactly how I remember it looking. It should be an exact replica of the recipe, so. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, you're you're really the only person that can judge that. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh, man, yes. This is Tenpenny, yo. Oh, yeah, I definitely would not have appreciated this back when, like, we first started having beer or when I was, like, drinking beer at the theater. Mm-hmm. I love that maltiness, the sweet. I'm going to use your favorite word, the cerealiness. <laughs> it does have a nice cerealiness. But that amber, I love that, like, the amber taste, that toasty, malty note. It's got spices reminiscent of, like, a fall beer. But it's not necessarily a fall beer. Yeah, but you don't, and you don't really get those spices until the back end of it. Mm-hmm. Very like it's perfectly carbonated. The head is already gone. Like two sips in, the head is gone. But that it's got that kind of light carbonation that just dances on your tongue. It seems a little different from what I remember, but obviously it's been quite a few years since the last time I've had it. Mm-hmm. Mostly, it's pretty much spot on how I remember it, but it is a little heartier, I guess. Okay. Remember the little the original being a little less opaque and well the these glasses are also frosted I know. so that could be a contributor. But I think not even so a little bit maybe you know, maybe not. But I also only had it in draft. Mm-hmm. So the way it pours might also be affecting me cuz the bubbles seem a little smaller. That's true. But the lacy the lace head on top is spot on what it used to look like. Okay. So, I mean, that definitely speaks to the brewing process. Mm-hmm. It's cereally 
with the malt mm-hmm. and a little, it's also surprisingly floral in the middle of it as it, as it goes down, travels across your tongue. I find, I find there a lot of floral notes in there. Yeah. I, I feel like this is probably brewed with some noble hops and that's where we're getting the, the floral. That could be. At the end. Yeah. Maybe some Haller Tower Mittelfra. Because it's definitely a little more floral than most like regular just ales would be, mm-hmm. where they would be focusing 100% on the malt. It's got a really nice balance of bitter and sweet. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's sweet initially, and then yep. the bitterness kind of balances out on the back end with those spices. But not in an IPA kind of way. Not no, in like a, this no, no, is no. so bitter, just in like a beer kind of bitterness kind yeah. of a way. It is a wee bit on the sweet side. This is really good. I'm glad that we got this and that I get to try it again and that you get to try it again. I'm so like glad a, it's back. A recreation. Yeah. When they announced um, that Burnside was closing, I was really sad. It actually I happened remember that, yeah. right after um, one of the really intense blizzards we had a long, long time ago in the state. They So they announced that they were closing, I believe, in 2018. Burnside? Yeah. I recall that they were damaged pretty heavily before that. Oh. And I think that might be the reason they closed was they couldn't really or didn't think it was worth it to repair and reopen. Interesting. It was a really bad blizzard. Damaged. Oh, from the blizzard? No, it wasn't like a fire or I'm pretty anything? Pretty sure it was a blizzard really destroyed, like huh. caved in a roof and stuff. Oh, shit. And they were just like, it's not really worth us to reopen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they closed it down. Wow. And so obviously the theater had to stop selling Burnside Tenpenny. Mm-hmm. But by, at that point, I was the manager of the bar and I kind of brought in other craft beer yeah. to replace it. But I remember that because I was really depressed when I found that out. I was like, oh, yeah. man, no Tenpenny. Like as much as I like, you know, Two Roads and all that, it's like they expect, people expect that to be the IPA that you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. And Tenpenny was awesome because it was a craft beer that was, Tenpenny was their big seller. It was solidified on an amber kind of red ale. And I, thought, yeah. I always thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, and makes them stand out from the crowd because a lot of other people are famous that's, for yeah, their, that's not their IPAs. Exactly. Or some are famous for like stouts. Um, but it's not usually a yeah. flagship. Their amber red is not usually the flagship beer. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. But I am glad it's back. And I'm glad the Father Christmas beer is back because that was that's really good too. Mm-hmm. Now that I know they're remaking that as well. I, I had known they were remaking Tenpenny, but I hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But the Father Christmas one, I'm excited for yeah. next Christmas because that was fantastic. I remember that. So I got this up in the Hartford location that I go to occasionally. Makes sense. Um, And I know that there was an, I can't remember which other beer there was, but they didn't just have 10 Penny. I'm pretty sure they also had either, I think they had Dirty Penny, which is another recreation of Old Burnside. I think I've had Dirty Penny somewhere on draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I had tried Dirty Penny. Okay. So yeah, I do think that's a recreation. Yeah. Because like I said, they 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 recreated a bunch of old Burnside stuff and then they kind of like put their own spin on some of, of the stuff. other ones. Yeah. yeah. But I would definitely be excited to try another one from them. Yeah. I kind of want to go to their brewery. This is really freaking good. If they reopen the old brewery location, I'd, I'd be interested to go see it what is that the same. looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same building. Because it's just one of the oldest... Or the old one of the older breweries in Connecticut mm-hmm. still functioning. I mean, Hull's reopened. Yep. In the same building, or they just took the name though. I think they just took the name. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to like. It's probably the second oldest to like take that scene yeah. that they got going on. Yeah. Between yeah, Hull's and Old Burnside are probably the oldest 
craft like the beer OG makers craft in Connecticut. Breweries in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be interested in that. Is Hulls even doing anything anymore? Because I haven't seen anything from them in a while. Yeah. Okay. They they don't seem to be coming out with anything new, at least like on in cans. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything new in cans at the liquor store. It's just the same. But they do still have it and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The same. I think we covered them once. Yeah. They're whatever their main beer was. No. So we, we oh, covered we, we covered flagship? one of their IPAs. And then I also bought their lager, which was the classic. And that, that, right. that was really, really was good. good. And we ended up buying more four packs of that because that was that. just yep. a fantastic lager. But yeah, I haven't really seen anything new from them. And they, they don't post a lot on the social media either. Hmm. Yeah. So I kind of wonder what they're up to maybe post-pandemic. I don't know. I don't Question know. Question mark, yeah. This is so good. It's good to have a 10 Benny Ale again. It is a little different than I remember, though. It is a little less easy drinking. It's got really? a lot more. It's like it's the same recipe, ratcheted up a little bit. Mm. Which isn't a bad thing. It's a great thing. But I would like this less with food than I liked the original 10 Penny, which I always had with food when I was at the bar. That's fair. I mean, I... I could see this going well with a lot of food. Yeah, but I think you'd lose some of the flavor that the beer has. Because mm. this now is a very flavorful, floral beer. It's, well, it's not floral like in an IPA kind of way. It's a floral spice malt beer. It's floral in a Pilsner way. Yeah, with a ton of malt. I don't even know if it's floral in a Pilsner way. I think this is floral I'm getting real. I'm getting own. real like noble hop floralness from this. My guess is, yeah, either Haller Tower Mittelfra or Saz. Zaz. But it is good. And it is the same flavor. It's just ratcheted up. But again, that could be the concentration in the can as opposed to draft. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I'm looking at the can and it says keep cold. And I did buy this on the shelf when it was not cold. <gasps> I don't know if that's the case. They, there's no way they'd ship this cold. Yeah. I think yeah. they just mean once it's cold, keep it cold. Okay. I feel like I need my glass, though. I need my special glass that I have at the Aww. bar at work. Oh, you still have it there? Hell yeah, okay. I still got that. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't there, it would be here. That's true. <laughs> that glass is it'll, coming. So, so it'll be here in a couple me. weeks then. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. That glass is coming with me. <laughs> I should have taken that glass beforehand to begin with. You should have. Our bar shut I'm down actually shocked. Yeah. I don't know where we're going to put it. It's so tall, though. <laughs> it's not going to fit in any of the doesn't cabinets. matter. Then it'll be on display because it's such a unique glass. That's true. It's like a broken, shattered glass look. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge, tall Pilsner glass. And it's got, yeah, it's got that weird pattern. You got to float like, some frozen blueberries in it with your blue point. <sighs> Classic. Classic. So the can's awesome-ish, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the can. It's very <laughs> plain. It's just white. It's a wraparound label. Tenpenny Ale is in a Times New Roman-esque font. The original is in a very medieval, like, pointy font as well, but a little bit more unique than this. Uh, and it's left-shifted, so Tenpenny Ale, all left-shifted in different lines. Yeah. And then the, this is what bothers me the most about the can. The Beer Drinker's Ale is not quite purple, not quite blue, not quite red. It's Benadryl purple, and I hate it. Yep. It's the color of Benadryl, and I hate that color. And there's no apostrophe to make it proper the beer drinker's ale. Yep. It, there should be an apostrophe after the S. There should be an apostrophe after the S. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of a little off-putting. It's mostly the color. It's <laughs> mostly only- the color I hate. <laughs> I hate the color of Benadryl because it reminds me of Benadryl. <laughs> I used to hate that when I was a kid. Uh, and then there are just these little like weird stalks, plants 
cotton. That's what it looks like. That would be my guess, but I'm like not, I'm not plant, sure. Kinda, but I don't know why it would be a cotton plant. Not quite sure. And it's done like a watercolors, almost like the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. Uh, kind of watercolor. Painting. Oh, man. Yes. Accurate. And it's just two stalks. Technically, it's like one and a quarter stalk. They could be one stalk together. It's just that the text is cutting it off a little bit. <laughs> That's true. And then there's the text. Alcohol 5.5% by volume, one pint. Brewed by East Hartford Brewing Group in East Hartford, Connecticut, with water from the famous Old Burnside Well. So they're still pulling that water that out the pure well, which is water. Cool. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I really appreciate. East like, Hartford Brewing Group, though, makes it sound like a conglomerate in a way. It's interesting. Uh, yes, that's what I noticed when I was doing the research. But then, otherwise, they just refer to themselves as East Hartford Brewing. I only saw them as East Hartford Brewing Group when I was reading the article about them buying Old Burnside or the rights to Old Burnside. I wonder if that's how they got the ability to buy it. Yeah. Call themselves a group because they're Yeah, I think it's more of a legal thing. And then they call themselves a group because then they took over that thing. Mm -hmm. That would be my best guess. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, I've always wondered that in terms of when we do these podcast episodes, Mm -hmm. because whenever I do the edits... I go in and I go, all right, is this Brewing Co? And I I do the description of the episode Mm -hmm. from blah, 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 Brewing Company, Brewery. Company, Co. Co, yeah. Yeah. What are they and what makes the difference? Is it just in the name? Yeah. Or is it, does it like mean something? Mm -hmm. I've always wondered that. Same. Maybe we can ask at the the class that we're taking next week. Ooh. Forgot about that class. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. (laughs) Then on the left side, this is a government warning. Deposits in Iowa, Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, Delaware, and Oregon for five cents or Michigan for 10 cents. Ooh. Step what's up with, your what game. What is with Michigan? Mm-hmm. I feel like Michi- Michigan and Hawaii always get a little bit more. Uh, Well, Hawaii is so expensive. You're probably paying one and a half to two times more for your beer. Fair. Uh, Unless it's Kona. Because everything's imported there. Probably Kona too. You're probably spending a lot of money. Yeah, they probably brew a lot more on the mainland. Plus, even though they brew on the mainland, the aluminum's coming in from out mm-hmm. uh, from the states and outsourced. stuff like that. Yeah, wasn't? Am I going crazy? Was outsourced a sitcom like a very short-lived yes. sitcom? Okay. Yep. <laughs> Smooth, medium-bodied red ale. This is the right side of the label says EastHartfordBrewing.com. It's got the independent craft brewery logo logo on it. I don't know what you have to do to get that logo. You got to pay them. You just got to be like, hey, we're a brewery. Who knows? Drink fresh, keep cold. And my favorite part, artwork by Mickey Avalon. Another, another beer that gave credit. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Give credit to the artist that you can. I like it. I like it. Unless that artist is on staff, then I understand. <laughs> if it's like two rows where they clearly have a marketing department that are making these labels, then okay. Yeah. But if you're hiring out for all your can stuff. Give a shout out to the people doing that art. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I got. I mean, Tenpenny is awesome. Try Tenpenny if you could. You almost lost your chance. Yeah. And now it's back. I feel really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like now that it's brought back I, and I can actually appreciate it. So if you're, yeah, if you're in the Northeast area, go swing by Hartford and try it. Uh, check your local liquor store, see if they've got it. It's really really good and honestly beer should be shippable from anywhere you should be able to go on any brewer's website and they should be like yeah we'll ship that beer to you wherever in the country i know i mean let's go and like um it's 2022 
honestly. And the pandemic definitely like reduced those restrictions to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. which is awesome because it should have been that way from the beginning. Like as soon as we had that capacity to ship beer. (laughs) But yeah, if you see this, grab it. It is worth it. It's like revisiting an old friend. I will say it is a little bit folly. A little bit, but honestly, I would drink this. I feel like pretty much any time. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would drink this outside on the tiki deck. It's not. Yeah, it's not like on a on a hot hot day. But like if we're if we're just chilling, it's an inside beer for sure. Uh, Year round inside beer. Mm -hmm. I feel like this the maltiness and what I what I was thinking initially was it almost reminded me of the Bad Billy Brown Ale. Like it, it's a definitely a red ale, mm-hmm. but there are certain the the like malty toasty notes, the roasty notes in the beginning kind of remind me of Bad Billy. Okay. Um, and that's like I could drink that anytime. You do like Bad <laughs> Billy? <laughs> yeah, it's a little different than I remember in terms of just like a heftierness, I guess, to it. A certain like it's more powerful. Mm-hmm. But you would say it's pretty true. Pretty true. The flavor is definitely, it is that flavor, just a little bit more intense and packed in, mm-hmm. a little denser. But yeah. If we didn't have to take promo pictures, I would be ready for another one right now. <laughs> wow. Is this going to make, is this on your top 10 so far? It might be. Wow. It's definitely an empty mug club member for both of us. Mm-hmm. But we, we've we had a few of the past, within, we have, the, like, we we, we've had more empty mug club Members, I, <laughs> I don't know what what other way to we're say we're still it. figuring this out. Yeah, it, this year I feel like it's a lot more concentrated, especially seeing that it's only. I mean, holy crap, it's June first, but we've had more already this time of year than mo- than the past two years that we've been doing the podcast. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. People are getting better at making beer. That's just a fact. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. The last couple of years, we've had less and less bad beer. Mm-hmm. Not like bad beer, but less and less okay beer. Less and less like, this is all right, but I'm kind of sick of blank. Well, that's the whole thing with competition as well. Even though we have so many breweries, it's like, you don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you have so many breweries, you don't have to settle for mediocrity either. Yeah. If something's meh, you go, meh. It's almost like the problem now is saturation. Yeah. You are a little over it's, but that's like, if you look at like the streaming wars and it's like, yes, we're oversaturated, but are we oversaturated with good content? No. <laughs> exactly. It's like everything Netflix puts out so far is pretty much other than like Stranger <laughs> Things is pretty much crap. It's just like the oversaturation. Yeah, like what's the, the social media like circle or the circle shit like that. All of that. It's All just the reality crap. Yeah. There's a lot that the streamers put out that isn't good and it's oversaturating the market. There's so many shows, but how many of them are truly good and truly worth watching? Mm -hmm. Whereas in this case, you know, with beer, how many of that, what is truly worth, you know, watching and drinking? It's like, if you're meh, you're probably not going to make it. Although there is one brewery close to us, not going to name names, but the brewery location is better than the beer by a ton. Oh, yeah. And that mediocrity <laughs> would have killed that brewery a long time ago were it not for Had its it location. Had it not been the location. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and anybody listening who's local could probably figure it out because we don't really do or talk about that brewery very often. We've never featured them on the podcast. Have we not? I thought we did it once. 
No, we've no. talked we've talked about it a bunch, but we've never featured him. No, that makes sense. No, we did. We did one beer from him. Oh, okay. For which a, I love for a Christmas episode, which is kind of like nope, a shortened. Not a yeah. No. Yep. Oh, we done okay. we done a full beer for him. All right, one, maybe <laughs> two. But yeah, we don't talk about them very often. They're very close here, and we still go there every once in a while. Yeah. So we're not going to name because the location's amazing, mm-hmm. but the beer is very much. All right. And that's what everyone, literally, everyone thinks about this place, <laughs> which is awesome. I've I've actually heard random conversations getting my hair cut or at another brewery and oh, restaurants really? where that exact same conversations have <laughs> happened. And it's like, that's awesome. Yep. But yeah, but that breeds competition, breeds innovation. And the mm-hmm. more breweries that open it, it's like, oh, crap. Now there's so many. I have to make good beer. You have to make good beer or you're not going to make it. Yeah. Tenpenny was an unfortunate victim of mother nature and circumstance and just, it's not worth it. We've been doing this for so long. We're just going to pack it up and go home. Yeah. You know, we, ha- we did our time, mm-hmm. but the beer is solid and delicious. So I'm glad that we've, we've got it back. Yes. And that's what I got for that. All right. Well then, uh, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it. Share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can also find us on crackandoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandoneopen or shoot us an email at crackandoneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. What else you got to plug? Well, I've got other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field. We talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema is available on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com, ForgottenEntertainment.com, because we are all part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast about video games news previews and reviews we have it all we play it all uh that podcast will be coming back uh shortly uh but in the meantime you can check out some of our reviews what we thought about a lot of other stuff uh in previous episodes and that's going to be coming back as probably a shorter form podcast and a youtube series as well and i got my audiobooks i know i say this every episode but buy my audiobooks it's the only way i make money off of them guys uh switch out front and gangsters sour coffee at midnight progressive entrapment the final girl uh and many others look me up on audible or uh my name is michael butler obviously uh there's many michael butlers but i am myself listen to the samples or the books and you can tell which one are mine and uh get me some money and that's all i got all you got. That's all I got. All right. Well, then a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Attention, nerdy knights. Join Flo, Anders, and me, Colleen, at the Well-Rounded Table for Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. From that Star Wars galaxy far, far away to Outlander Scottish Highlands, we consume it all. Listen along with us each week as we explore the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.